And we're back and happy six hour here as we have our first cold chill. As we heard, this is extreme cold weather alert. We're going to go back to some of the events of St. Michael's. We had a robust discussion on our panel here this evening. And one of the ways that this may move into the future, and every single day there's a new aspect of this, is the legal aspect of this. Today, uh, the principal asked for the help of uh, alumni and staff and students to get over this. There's been a lot of missteps for those who are in crisis management as we watch this. And just how much are they making themselves open to legal challenges? Joining us is Joseph Newberger, and Joseph Newberger is the 640 legal expert from Newberger and Partners. Welcome, Joseph. Thank you for being here. My pleasure, Arlene. How are you? I'm good. What do you make of this with legal experience as you watch this? Asking for help, asking for more stories uh, for people, the alumni, to share. To be honest, I actually think it's a very positive step. It seems that they're open to look at not only what happened here, but what happened in the past to try and learn from that and then move forward in a more positive, supportive manner for the student body. So it's really unique. I have not seen that happen. I, I think we've seen events occur uh, in other institutions like U.S. universities, and I've never seen go back, tell us if there was bullying then, if there was you know, hazing events that resulted in sexual assault. So I think this is an interesting move on their part. Um, it, that in and of itself doesn't necessarily open them up to lawsuits. I think the larger issue is if, if what is accepted is uh, when the principal and the teachers, whoever were involved, when it came to their knowledge, what was going on. And uh, certainly there's liability for the school because they have oversight of students and they have oversight of the culture at the school. And so there can be uh, legal ramifications for that. Uh, going forward. And that's what I was wondering, exactly what you said. You know, we played a clip earlier on of somebody who was an alumni, and they said that they were, they remembered when the story broke, how great it was to have made one of the sports teams. We may even have that. Do we have that clip ready? Here it is. This is an alumni. I want you to listen to it, and we'll talk about exactly how it could be problematic. Even as a 52-year-old man, immediately was brought back to how I felt, and how small and alone and vulnerable, I felt. And then he said he felt that way because he was abused and assaulted. So if yeah. they're getting these kind of stories, Joseph, what if these people, this is before the days of tape, some of this, what if they say, I told the teacher, I told the principal, and they did nothing? Well, you know, if we're going back decades, um, you know, to try and commence a lawsuit for um battery or if it's a sexual assault at this stage would be quite a challenge. Would it be, look at the time that we're doing it. We have what's happened in the Catholic Church. People are much more open to hearing people's stories and we're all yeah. a bit wary saying, well, where does accountability? Is there is there just this blanket forgiveness? Well, I don't think there should be blanket forgiveness. And, and if they're going to alumni and they want stories of how they felt and you know, it's funny, when I was on with uh, John Oakley about this, I said, you know, this isn't a shocker to me because this goes on, uh, and, and there's been a culture of this for decades. So now that this is coming out, it's very interesting. I think one of the best ways St. Mike's can be really effective is to try and put into place therapeutic interventions for everybody, for the current victims, for their current families, and maybe for those from the past who are now re-traumatized 
And just like that gentleman said, now I remember how vulnerable and small I felt and how that has impacted him. And if there's a way to help him now, that would be the first step, in my opinion. You know, um, you say these yeah. things go on. Let's face it. If if somebody followed somebody down the street and did this to a stranger, if this was an adult and it was assault, a sexual assault with a broom handle, and yeah. they were and there was tape of it, you know, this is a very serious crime. This is just not inner school hazing here. I hear you, and I'm not trying to be an apologist for it. I'm just saying, you know, we can't be blind to the fact that this has happened before. And unfortunately, there were cultures in, in, in uh, fraternities, in high-end um, uh, teams, in schools, mm-hmm. in universities. So this is not unusual. It's horrific, and the culture needs to change. And now it's being brought to the open, and it's going to create a very good dialogue about how this goes on, how people need to speak up, how teachers and coaches and schools need to be very vigilant about this, and it will create a very helpful dialogue, I think, that will, you know, expose and bring to the light an area of darkness, much like we've seen what happened in Hollywood and in entertainment and other areas. I know, areas. but people, people lost their jobs over this. There is, uh, you know, people, Harvey Weinstein, he's going to, um, he's going to court over this. Um, yeah. People with stellar careers were kicked out of the front door here. Yeah, and, and I don't know what will happen with the principals, teachers, and coaches. Mm-hmm. Who know? I mean, I, I don't know. If the principal is is believed and, and is truthful, and I have no reason to say otherwise, that, that the minute it came to his knowledge, he delayed simply so that the family could come back from where they were, they could be informed, uh, that they could handle it properly with their, uh, their child, so that there was focus on the victim, and then turn it over. Does that delay of three days or whatever really make much of a difference? It may not. It may, have been a, it may not have been the best way to handle it, I know, but, but it was the media who who reported okay. this. It was the media yeah. who went to the police here. So they're saying that they were going to go to the police, but they had not. Correct. You're absolutely right. And so we have to see, is that story tenable? And even if it is, that they breach an obligation to report, which they clearly do. And then that could result in a resignation of the teacher and of various other staff members if this was in their knowledge and they delayed going to the police. I, But I'm not necessarily a proponent of vilification of people if their intentions were good, but not based on malice or self-protection. So I think we have to drill down more on it and try and understand it, but deal with the trauma of the victims and how to prevent this from happening in the future, not in, not just in this school, but other schools and colleges and universities. It is, but if people are trying to protect themselves, and there's been a lot of cases like this, I was reminded of you know Penn State and yeah. You know, all those things with storied reputations. If people are trying to protect themselves, sometimes we don't know what the reasoning are here, and we know that the police investigation will get to the bottom of that. However, you know, it is not outside the norm for people to make decisions on protecting a brand more than really a victim. Absolutely. Although in this day and age, I don't know what would go through anybody's mind to think that you can keep this undercover. If there's a video, it's going to go viral. There's absolutely no way you can have that type of concealment anymore. It's just, it's too public. It is. Joseph, how much is the tape? How much has this changed everything? It certainly changed everything in your profession. It used to be about, somebody says, and evidence, and now the evidence is raw, and you can see it like you were there. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, if I'm facing a case where there's a recording, Mm -hmm. be it audio or, or video recorded, it, it changes the complete landscape. Sometimes it's helpful. Many times it's hurtful. You never know. 
um, in a case like this, it's a fairly graphic and, and self-explanatory video, which is, you know, I, I mean, it's quite clear what happened. So in the criminal context, it's exceptionally powerful, compelling evidence. And in a civil lawsuit, it would be an exceptionally compelling and powerful a piece of evidence. You know, Joseph, I agree with you because in the one aspect of this, I do think it could really open up a massive change because look what everybody's talking about. Yeah. It, look what it did in the Me Too movement. I touched on a little bit. So I just want to ask you finally, how much is a public perception and how much is a public awareness and what is happening in the culture at the time? We've both been referencing other cases and we know they've yeah. been really explosive. The law is the law is the law, but the law, the thing Things are unraveling in different times. It's got to affect it. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the law has evolved to some extent, but it was never the law, in my opinion, that's the problem. It's the willingness of people to come forward and talk about what's happened, and and generally a sensitivity and an understanding of what those people will go through when they come forward and supporting them. But at the same time, if it, it results in criminal charges, I always stand by the. The principle as well that we must always have due process and ensure that we protect rights of the individual as well who's accused. But I think what what is most important to me is a shift in in the um, paradigm of what we think should what what is a proper thing that should go on in a school and how vigilant we have to be to make sure this doesn't happen because it's the machismo, it's the you know the the mm-hmm. of being on the teams. We have to look at this in a very different way now. And we will. Absolutely. Thank you for your expertise. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Joseph. My pleasure. Have a good show, Arlene. All right. Thank you. Joseph Newberger, 640 legal expert, Newberger and partners, as we talk about the legal culpability that may be attached to this St. Michael's case. We're going to take a break. And still to come, we're going to have more on that fiscal update, that mini budget, and no balancing the the budget for from the finance minister in Ottawa today. We're going to have more on your thoughts on that and um, more input from the business community. Don't go away. I'm Arlene Bynum for John Oakley, and this is Global News Radio 640 Toronto.